Uh, if, if, yes, the volunteers back there. Uh, we are blessed to have a, a good group, but let me tell you, it can always be more. Uh, y'all don't mind, I'm going to uh, do this tonight, today. Um, it's a whole lot easier for me right now. Um, we do need everybody. Uh, if you think, well, they've got everything they need, we don't. It never does. You'd be surprised at how little, uh, actually, uh, how, how very little people are involved in doing so much. So I want to encourage you to uh, get involved there. Uh, thank you guys for praying for me. Uh, last week I did do a little something to my knee and I have no idea. I wish I could tell you what exactly it was. I took a step up onto a step and then my leg started to swell. So <laughs> uh, I wish I could explain that to you. But um, we do want to uh, pray. If you notice, Perry wasn't here today. Perry had a, uh, a small uh, surgical procedure done this week on his wrist. So I guess you can't play guitar after you've had wrist surgery. Don't know why, you know. But uh, just keep him in your prayers too. He's home recovering. Last time I talked to him, he said he's doing, he's doing good. So listen, we've been in a series, and I'm, I'll probably finish it up today. Uh, this month, you'll probably hear from a few different speakers besides just uh, Pastor Dave, Pastor Ted, and myself. Um, because we, we're getting some different things going. And uh, I'm excited about the direction that uh, God has taken us. And um, it's just exciting stuff. But I want to finish uh, this series on uh, forgiveness today uh, because I kept hearing, and I've had so many people come to me and say, I don't think I can do this. I just don't, you know, and, and I, Bob and I were talking this morning about this very thing. And, you know, he said, he said, well, God wouldn't have told us to do it if we couldn't. He's not going to ask us to do something that's impossible. And, and we can say, yeah, but you don't know. You, you can't do it. It's in, it's in my way. Uh, and people say, but you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know what they did to me. And let me tell you, some of the stories that I've heard are horrific. I mean, some awful things that I would myself, like, oh man, I don't know if I could forgive either. That, I've never lived through that. But I do know that he says that I should do it, so it, I must be able to do it. So let's review our, our definition here real quick. Forgiveness is to pardon, to remit as an offense or a debt, to overlook offense, and to treat the offender as not guilty. Do you know how hard that is? When we have to treat the one who offended us as though they didn't do anything. And, 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 and we say, but I don't know. Last time I, I ministered to you, we, we talked about taking a deeper look at forgiveness. Today, I want to tell you, you can forgive. You and I can forgive. Zach, it is actually in our nature to forgive. And for me to hold unforgiveness is actually contrary to my nature. Well, how do you know? Because the word says, let us make man in our image in Genesis, right? Let us make man in our image after our likeness. In other words, let us make man just like us. So if I am made just like God and God is able to forgive a world, uh, guess what's in my nature then, Sandy? It's in my nature to forgive. That means it is, it's contrary 
to my nature to not forgive. And so I want today, since we looked at a deeper look, today I want to look at the depths of forgiveness. You and I can forgive because of the depths that we have been forgiven. When we were in Bible college, we had a, uh, a teacher, his name was Doug Jones. And one of the statements he would always say to us, Brenda, he said, teach the God side first, then the man side becomes easy. In other words, teach how God is and how God does it, and then when we look at what he's asking us to do, it, it becomes easier. And so as we look at the depths, as we look at the depths of forgiveness, I'm going to add to the definition a little bit uh, as, as we go along. But it's to pardon a remission of an offensive crime as a forgiveness of sin or injuries. It is remission of a debt, fine, or penalty. We have to understand something. Until we understand how deeply we have been forgiven, we will always struggle forgiving people. Because if we don't understand the depths of God's forgiveness for us, Galen, it'll be hard for us to extend that same forgiveness to others. Do you realize that how deep is God's forgiveness for you and I? Do you realize that this grace, this forgiveness, this grace that was brought us that covers you and I it was actually birthed in eternity it didn't happen on the cross try that over here this grace and this forgiveness didn't happen on the cross it was birthed in eternity because it is always who God has been the cross was fleshing out oh trust me you don't want to miss Wednesday either the, the cross was fleshing out what had all be, always been prophesied. And so this grace, i tell you what, let's just prove it. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? Not by our, our works, but by his own purpose and grace. You understand the depth of that? It's not by your works, but it was always God's purpose to save us. It's always been part of the plan. Mm. It was birthed before the world. This forgiveness, and we'll get to it in a few minutes, this forgiveness was actually birthed before sin. Now let that, let that, what, now what's the definition of forgiveness? To treat the offender as not guilty. And this offense, this forgiveness was actually already in place before the first sin was ever committed. He was always ready to treat the offender as not guilty. The depths of this forgiveness goes before not before you and I were born, not even before Adam, but before, before Adam, this forgiveness was already there because it was birthed. Now look, let's look, look, look. He said, not our, by our works or by our purpose and grace, which was given in Christ when? Before the world began. 
This forgiveness, this grace that you and I entertain, that we so many times treat so lightly and so bleh, this grace, this forgiveness was actually given before the world began. Now, <laughs> now I'm telling you, when you start wrapping your mind around how God saw Adam, even after they partook of the fruit, the word tells us that God came down in the cool of the evening, like he did every evening, to have a walk with, with Adam. It wasn't God hiding from Adam. See, forgiveness happened before the foundation of the world, before the world began. God never, never tried to hide from Adam. It was always the sinner trying to hide from the Savior. The Savior was always the Savior. He was always the forgiver. He was always, his purpose and his grace was given to us before the world. Now that'll give you a different understanding of what really happened in the garden when you understand God wasn't trying to hide. He wasn't, hang on, he wasn't trying to remove his presence from mankind. It was man running from the presence of God because he now had knowledge of things he was never supposed to have to worry about anyhow. He put himself into a place. And so I love what Timothy says here. It says that this, his own purpose and his own grace was given to us before the world began. Go to Isaiah chapter one. We're talking about how deep is God's love. The depths of this forgiveness. See, because sometimes we think, well, God can't forgive me because X, Y, Z, whatever your, whatever your big idea that for some reason you're still holding on. Why do you think I intentionally picked the songs we did today for this reason? Because you needed to sink some things over yourself this morning. You need to understand some things about yourself this morning. You need to know the depths of God's forgiveness for you. Isaiah chapter one, verse 18 says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Listen, God is not denying sin issue. He's just telling you that he's already solved it. <laughs> he's not denying sin. Oh, well, just, you, you know, you, you, you. No, he said, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall, that's a promise. When it comes out of the mouth of God and it comes from him, that's the promise. They shall be white as snow. But you don't know what I've done. You, I'm talking about the depths of God's love. It is so much deeper than the superficial forgiveness that you and I offer to people. Because Zach offends me. And I forgive him. But I'm always going to wonder, is he going to do it again? Will he? Well, I don't know. He might. But what does God say here? Though your sins be as scarlet, he may have hurt me bad, but I want to treat him like it's white as snow. 
like there's nothing in between us. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be wool. You see, we got to understand, without this forgiveness, we are dark. And we're covered with every kind of funk you could believe. But you and I don't live under that kind of life. We live under a grace, a grace that brought purpose, a grace that brought forgiveness before the world began. Before sin entered the world, forgiveness for it already existed. My goodness. In other words, you can't sin deep enough, bad enough, awful enough for God not to forgive you. Because it is just who he is the awesome thing is this was always planned out this has been the plan from the get-go and the only thing it takes is for me to accept what's already done hey folks it's done whether I want it to be or not whether I asked for or not it's already done that's what repentance is, isn't it? We talk about this all the time. The word repentance is metanoia, which means to change your mind. What am I doing? I'm changing my mind about myself and I'm taking on the mind of Christ of how he thinks about me. And what he says about me. I go to Psalms 103. Psalms 103. Verse 11. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. This is the depth of forgiveness. I always wonder why as far as the east is from the west. And then I, I, I was holding a basketball one day. And I thought if I start on this side of the basketball and I move horizontal, I'm always moving in that same direction. But if I start going up to down, at some point I get to the top and I'm going down to the bottom. East and west will never meet. If, but if you're looking at a globe, you get to the top, at the top north, you have to, only one way to go. But he said as far as the east is, they'll never touch. That's how far your sins are removed from you right now. Your sin is so far removed from you. Oh my goodness. Are you okay? I know this gets scary when you start talking like this because we're thinking, yeah, but people still do all these bad things. Yeah, they still do all these bad things, but forgiveness is still there. It doesn't change God's forgiveness. It doesn't change His. And that's what we have to learn to be. Hmm. No matter what you do, it doesn't change God's forgiveness. You're believing a lie about yourself. You're believing something different than God believes about you. Come on. This grace before the foundation of the world. Let me read verse 12 again. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I want you to think of the worst thing you ever did in your life. Now I want you to just stop because it doesn't matter anyhow. 
in the reality of eternity, it doesn't even exist. <laughs> now, wait a minute. How? How can it not exist? Well, Corinthians says that for in him we are new. See, when I said I changed my mind, that whole new creation started. That doesn't even exist anymore. Those things that I did, Zach, they don't exist. Why? Because I'm something that never was. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. I've... Do you realize in that chapter, in Corinthians, I'm, I'm going to have to teach this eventually, when it says that, it, what is it, 2 Corinthians 5? Is it 1 Corinthians 5? I always get it mixed up. My favorite chapter changed my life, and I always can't remember if it's 1 or 2 Corinthians. Um, the good thing about it, if I go to first and it's not that, then I can go to second. Um, but in, in, in chapter 5, starting in verse 17 and going down to verse 20, 21, but he tells us in that set of scriptures that it was God in Christ redeeming the world. I'll probably read it here in a minute. I don't remember. Uh, redeeming the world back to himself. Matter of fact, I know I'm going to read it here in a minute. It says, not imputing their sins. No, I'm going to go to it and hear it in just a minute. I just now remembered it's in my notes. Listen, y'all should see my notes. It says, scripture, teach. Scripture, teach. So, you know. It said, you know what it means when it says not imputing sins? And we'll cover this again in a minute. It means he's not holding man's sins against them. How deep is God's forgiveness? It is so deep that he doesn't hold man's sins against them. So when Adam decided he was going to sin in the garden, God's forgiveness was already there. And then when Christ went to the cross, we think, oh, that, that uh, everybody turned their back on Jesus. Because he said, my father, my father, why has thou forsaken me? Because they read part of the scripture, they don't understand Jesus was actually quoting a psalm there. And in the psalm he says, but you have not left your loved one. <laughs> God was in Christ redeeming the world back to himself. How deep is God's forgiveness? Your sins don't even exist anymore. Yeah, but can I still do bad things? Can I still? Yeah, you can. You have every right to do it. But why do I want to? Well, I understand how deep this forgiveness is. Go to, go to Micah. Chapter 7. That is 2 Corinthians, by the way. <laughs> Chapter 5. Read from about verses 17 to 20. <laughs> but anyhow, we want to go to Micah. Chapter 7, verse 19. Look what he says here. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread down our iniquities. And cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. The depth of forgiveness. You, I want you to notice something there. That God not only shows his love for us, but will you back that up, Bob, to the first part of that verse? He will again have compassion. Who overcomes our sins? Come on. Who overcomes our sins? 
not me. I can't do it. And he knew I couldn't do it. So what did he do? <laughs> he said, and he will tread down our iniquities. It's not even my job to overcome my sin. Oh, goodness. He overcame sin. He took care of the problem. He took care of the issue because it had to be done once and it had to be done right. You don't, I'm trying not to get into Wednesday night here, but it had to be done once and it had to be done right. So he overcomes our sin and he takes them and he casts them into the depths of the sea and I'm convinced he had put up a no fishing sign because he won't let he, you, him, or especially the enemy. What, what do we call the enemy in Revelation? He is called the accuser of the brethren. You know, accusations aren't always true. Just because he accuses doesn't make it real about me. Glory to God. Just because he tells them I'm a this and I'm a that doesn't make it real. Why? Because all my transgressions were overcome by the grace of God and they were cast into the depths of the sea and he can accuse me all day long, but it doesn't make it true about me. Well, you said nobody sins. I didn't say that. Some of us are real good at it. And it's because we don't walk in the depths of this forgiveness. I'm telling you, it's really, really easy to forgive people when I understand how deeply I've been forgiven. I've been forgiven so deeply that before I was born, I was forgiven. Before I existed, before this world existed, forgiveness was already granted. And I can forgive. You can forgive. We can forgive. Because of this unbelievable debt. God took a debt that, that all of our charges of wrongdoing, our sentence to hell, all the wrong that we had done, all the lies, all the lust, all the backbiting, all the broken laws, all the things I should have done, all the things I didn't do, and he canceled them out completely. He cast them into the depths of the sea. Folks, if you understood how deeply you were forgiven. I know what I was. I know how bad I was. I, I, I know. You all have heard me say it before. When a, when a, when a friend in common that I hadn't seen in a few years came to D and said, I couldn't believe you was marrying him. He's evil. See, that's what people thought about me, Ted. But you know what God always thought about me? He always thought I was forgiven. He always thought that it was just from the foundation of the world. It was always him in Christ not counting my sins against me. And, I, and I, yeah, I, I, I sometimes will say things because I understand the depths of this grace. I understand the depths. I, well, let me see. Up to my understanding now because I believe I'll never understand it all. But this forgiveness, 
Now, since we already did it, let's go back into it again. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This, this set of scriptures really changed my life, folks. And I tell you, if you'll take it to yourself, you'll understand how forgiven you really are. And, and then forgiving others becomes easy. But this is the depths of our forgiveness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a... That means everything before Christ is dead, gone, doesn't exist anymore. Well, why do I keep bringing it up? Because I'm trying to resurrect a zombie. Something that stinks, something that does nothing but feast off of me. Something that does nothing but want to change me into what it is. It's a zombie nature. It's dead. Let the thing stay dead. Don't live. Don't live by your past. Your past doesn't, doesn't, doesn't define you. It doesn't hold any sway over who you are. You're a child of the king. You're a son of God. Know who you are. Or a daughter. I was actually speaking into somebody right then. So, Therefore, any man in Christ is a new creature. Old things have what? That means they're gone. Passed away. Look, all things have become new. All this is from God. It's not from you. It's not anything you did to do it. It's not anything you could do to earn it. It's all from God. If I, oh, nope, not getting into that yet. Who has reconciled us to himself. Reconciled means past tense. Through Christ Jesus and has given us the ministry of telling everybody else. The ministry of reconciliation is us telling everybody else, hey, God's not even holding your sins against you, so what are you waiting on? The party's already started. You're just standing outside looking in. Come on in. <laughs> I love the movie, Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Dee rolled her eyes immediately because she knows if I say that, I'll watch it tonight. Anybody ever seen it? Okay, good. I'm not alone. Remember the scene where little Delmer gets baptized and he comes up out of there and he said, boys, the preacher man said all my sins are washed away. And they said, he said, even that uh, bank I robbed in Yazoo City. And they said, you said you didn't do that one. Well, I lied about that and that's forgiven too. <laughs> but the ministry of reconciliation is what he says next. He says, come on in, boys. The water's fine. Yeah. Ah. See, that's our ministry, Zach, is to tell the world, come on in. The water's fine. The party's already started. Forgiveness has already been before the world ever started. Forgiveness is already here. And all we have to do is tell them, come on in. Come on in. It's easy. It's better in here than it is out there. Lord our God. All of this is from God who has reconciled us to himself and then given us a ministry of reconciliation, verse 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world. King James uses the word imputing. And the word imputing does actually mean this. Not counting their sins against them. And has entrusted us 
and entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. The message of the good news. Now, we've not done a real good job at this. We haven't. Because our good news somehow got twisted. I started to read some quotes from some famous preachers, but I decided not to. Because you'd be shocked at what we've told people. I talked to a friend of mine in another state. They had went into a park to bring the message of reconciliation. And here was one of the guys from this church's comment. God will burn his trash in the pit of hell. Sign me up! That's exactly what I want to serve. One, he sees me as trash. You saying, I'm not, I'm not, don't go out here and say, you saying there's no hell, you, I, I, don't, don't put words in my mouth. But I'm telling you, what Jesus say? Go into the, all the kingdom, preach the good news, gospel. Good news. Well, what can be better news than this? Your sins are so far removed from you that God himself chooses not to remember them. Maybe our message just got screwed up somewhere. <laughs> you with me? All right. To forgive, to overlook an offense, to treat the offender, offender as not guilty, to forgive the offense, to send it away, to reject it. The depths of my forgiveness. When I understand how deeply I'm forgiven, then me moving over to being able to forgive somebody should be an easy step, Stanley. It should be an easy step. We can, let's tell you what, close your eyes. We're gonna do some positive statement here, okay, ready? Well, I don't believe in all this, that's all right. <laughs> Say it with me, I, I can, can forgive. forgive. I can, why? Because I'm like Christ. I imitate him. I'm created in his nature, I'm created in his image, I'm created just like him, and I know how deeply I've been forgiven. And when I know, Rachel, do you know how deeply you've been forgiven? If anybody in this room understands the depths of the forgiveness, I believe this little girl does. Because she knows where she was. She knows what she went through. You may not. She shared a lot with me, shares a lot with me. I understand, but when, and you wonder why she's up here on her face every Sunday? Because she knows what she was forgiven of. Now, does that make her perfect? I don't care what she thinks, no. <laughs> it doesn't make her
make her perfect. And it doesn't mean she's going to get it right all the time. But what it does mean, she understands how deep. And whoa, if we would just understand how deep this love and forgiveness is. And I can do it. Say it again, I can do it. It's hard. I'm not telling you it's easy. Ephesians chapter 5. We're almost there. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Now King James says be followers. That word follow is to... You want the Greek word for it? Mimites. That word followers is mimites, which means an imitator. Guess, where we get, guess what word we get from that word? Mimites. Look at it. Or a mime. He says, now go back to the scripture. You understand it now. Therefore, be imitators, mimics, mimes of God as beloved children. Look at verse 2. Walk in love. Well, I can't love them. If you're going to imitate Christ, you can. <laughs> yeah, but you don't know what they did to it. They didn't crucify you. <laughs> they didn't whip you. They didn't pull out your beard. Oh. And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. I want to read this out of the message. The message says, watch what God does and then do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. Whew. And he wants me to imitate that. His love was not cautious. It was extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give us everything but to give everything of himself to us, love like that. This is being imitators of God. Uh, uh, an extravagant, unconscious, un, uh, that's why we, we hear songs like the reckless love of God. This is why people read, write this kind of stuff. They understand God said, I know this doesn't make sense, but before I ever create this world, I'm going to forgive everything they're going to do. That makes no sense whatsoever. It makes no sense. So I look at it and I'm going, how can I not forgive when he forgave me before I ever did it? As a little boy and a little girl visiting their grandmother and uh, grandmother had a favorite hen and uh, the little boy and the little girl was out one day and all of a sudden this hen walks over and picks him 
kicks at it, picks him again, kicks at it. Then he did what I, my, the only time my grandfather ever was upset with me. I'd seen him do it. I'd seen my dad do it. Was when I reached down and I grabbed it by its neck. You all know what comes next, right? Party favor. Well, this little boy reaches down and he grabs the chicken by its neck. He does what it comes natural. And all of a sudden, his sister pops around the corner and said, I saw what you did. I saw what you did. I'm going to tell Grandma, don't, don't, don't. I'll do anything. Don't tell Grandma. Okay. Grandma calls and says, Susie, come in. It's time to set the table for dinner. I think Johnny wants to do it. No, I don't. I saw what you did. Okay. So he sets the table. After dinner, all right, Susie, Johnny set. It's time to clean up. I think Johnny wants to do it. No, I don't. I saw what you did. Okay. This goes on for two or three days, and finally, Johnny can't take it no more. And he looks at grandma and says, listen, your chicken was pecking at me and pecking at me and I got tired of it and I reached down and I choked its neck and I killed it and I buried it and I'm sorry. Grandma says, I know. I was standing in the window when you did it. She said, I forgave you the moment you did it. She said, I was just wondering how long you were going to let her make a slave out of you. How long are we going to let our past that's already been forgiven make a slave out of us? How long are we going to let what we can't forgive hang on to us? You are so forgiven, therefore so forgive. You are so deeply forgiven, so forgive so deeply. He says, be imitators of God and forgive. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to end right here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Do good to those that hate you. And pray for those who despitefully persecute, who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on evil and on the good. Now we read this scripture, like, and, and you have heard it. This this scripture has been so misinterpreted. It rains on the just and the un. We say something goes bad in life. Oh, it rains. Rain's a good thing. He's talking to farmers here. He said he makes the sun to rise on both the good and the bad. The evil and the good. And sends the rain. He's talking to farmers. Rain is good. I don't know why we think rain's bad. If you're a country music fan, there's a song about that. Some of you's got it and you're going in your head right now. Rain is a good thing. I ain't going to tell you what it makes. 
<laughs> Some of you look it up. You'll look it up for the days up. He said, it sends the rain on the just. And, in other words, God does good for both the just and the unjust. He does good for both the good and the evil. Why? Because that's who he is. This is the depth of forgiveness. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what are you doing more than others? In other words, if you love those that love you, okay, and if you're only good to those who are good to you, you're no better than anyone else. Because even unregenerate minds can do that. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. He said, you're no better than anybody else. I'm asking you to do something different. I'm asking you to be like me. Verse 38, 48, sorry. Therefore be perfect. Oh, that's a big ask. Yeah. It simply means mature. That's all perfect means, is mature. So unforgiveness is really, somebody say it again real loud. Immaturity. So therefore be perfect, be mature. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Be imitate. I can forgive. Just those little scriptures. All I have to do is act like God. But what if I get it wrong? Welcome to humanity. What if I don't do it right all the time? Okay. But what if it became our mission to walk in this kind of forgiveness? What if we as a people who represent Christ decided we are going to be the very object of an example of forgiveness. I bet we'd change some people's mind about God. Because you know what the problem is? I, I saw a video this past week because I was stuck in the house. And this guy says, well, I walk up to people and I say, well, what do you think about God? Well, you know, Christianity, so I didn't ask you about Christianity, I asked you about God. We've sold them Christianity. We've been trying to sell Christianity. We're supposed to be selling the person. <laughs> We've sold the following when we should be selling the person. And walking in forgiveness is one of the greatest ways that we can sell it. Because when they see us acting like Christ, they'll know we're different. Like Brent said earlier, by your fruit, by their fruit, they'll know them. We can forgive. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We thank you for the joy, <laughs> for the joy of forgiveness. We thank you for the power of forgiveness. We thank you for the depths of forgiveness. And Father, help us, even when we don't do it right, 
help us to continue to show your forgiveness to everyone we come in contact with. That everyone I touch will know that they've come face to face with God. In Jesus' name, amen.